I just didn't even know what they are. Yeah. Chariot is a Look at this, like a four-year-old Battlefield game and mm-hmm. some whatever indie title and the co-op platformer. They got terrible reviews. Good job. Good job, Microsoft. I don't really care. We're going to kick it off with Bingate. Bingate. <laughs> okay. This is Thomas. This is Ryan. And we're back again with the Two Dudes, One Blog podcast. Three dudes, but two dudes again. Well, yeah, I guess if you just listen to the last two, it could sound like it's not a goof. (laughs) That it's actually just two people. There is a third, but he'll be back next week. Yeah. I think he's on a plane right now as we speak, and we just couldn't wait for him. Yeah, we couldn't wait. We're too impatient. Yeah, well, we made the, the... Super important promise. <laughs> Just begin releasing every Thursday. So we've got to hit. We got to hit our deadline. All right. Correct. So there's not a ton of news this week, and neither is much of it super like meaty. <laughs> so this is three dudes one blog speed round. Speed round. So because there's so little gaming news going on. We're going to tackle the biggest issue in consumer technology. Bendgate. Bum, bum, bum. Benghazi. <laughs> Benghazi. Bend, um, what's another, what's another bend pun? I don't know. Um, Bendageddon. I don't know. Ben Affleck. What? Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Oh, did you see there's a German poster or billboard for the iPhone 6? And the poster thing, like the big, not poster, a billboard. And the billboard itself, like, goes 90%, like, flat. And then it's got a curve on the end. (laughs) And so the billboard is curved. That's funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, So, if you live under a rock and you don't know what we're talking about, people are experiencing bending in their iPhone 6s when they put them in their pockets. 6 and 6 plus. 6 plus, yeah. I think mainly, mainly 6, six plus. plus. Yeah. I yes. meant to say 6 plus so I, I didn't. Yeah. But so I mean it's been pretty common. I mean you we've seen a lot of different videos from different people that either purposely bending them or just like mm-hmm. coming home and saying like putting their phone on the table and I mean just it's, rolls right off because it's a circle. Once you, <laughs> it bends so bad, like when you've got that nice rounded butt and you sit down on your phone, it just bends it out. It's like booty. a wheel. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of, it's just weird. I mean, you never think, <laughs> you never think that that would happen. Well, that, but I mean, when we demand smaller, like and thinner, and everything. That we want and people in their hipster skinny jeans. What do you expect, you damn hipsters? (laughs) Well, I think the bending is probably something that I'm going to say Apple didn't test well enough. Because we know aluminum is it's rigid it's not going to bend back as easy as plastic mm-hmm. like i've got my nexus 5 you can bend most phones and you can you will watch them bend and they'll just go back because they've got they're basically made of materials that are more pliable and will bend back mm-hmm. so um just the problem with aluminum is that it doesn't bend back and when you heat it up it's even more susceptible to bending i'd bet that an Apple's super crazy R&D test lab that they showed off a day after everybody started saying their iPhones were bending, they probably kept them at room temperature or cold. If you put that phone under stress, if you had it doing running like a phone call or something, or you got it you know, nice and hot like mm-hmm. it would in a pocket next to your legs, it probably would have been more susceptible to bending. Yeah, I mean, I pro- I would agree that that's probably like... I mean, you would think that they would test, like, everything possible with the phone, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I could, you can easily see Apple just being like, 
we don't need to try bending the phones, right? Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, they did. They, they showed off a video where they have a machine that, like, attempts to bend it. But it, I'm, I would bet that it happened in... They don't think, like, we need to run the whole battery on, like, power right. mode, watching, like, five straight hours of Netflix, and then putting in your pocket and driving for three hours. Yeah, I mean... Right. I mean, that's what a lot of people are saying is that either the phones that were really hot and they stuck them in their pocket and they did like a dramatic, like did something kind of dramatically to bend the phone or they like mm-hmm. sat in one position with the phone like being stressed for mm-hmm. extended periods of time. I don't get how but, people like sit on your phone. Yeah. Come I mean, on, people. I can't imagine putting my phone in my back pocket and just sitting on it for a yeah. two hour car ride. That's crazy. It's just freaking nuts. But I put my phone in my back pocket all the time now, because um, it's so much easier than the front pocket. The front pocket's like the worst, but the back pocket you can slide that in super easy. <laughs> but I still take it out before I sit down. Throw it in the cup holder. Yeah, put it in the cup holder. Don't like sit on your phone. Come on, people. But I mean, Apple's. I mean, they're. <coughs> They're trying to get in front of it. They're taking phones back. They're doing anything that they can to try to yeah. correct the situation. So that's good, at least, that they're not just saying, well, sucks sucks to suck. Yeah. You you bend your phone, you keep it. So, I mean... Yeah, well, I mean, of course they would take it yeah. back. That just makes sense, but... Yeah. I. So I wonder if, like, if them having to give away all these phones is going to keep the iPhone 6 Plus out of... Out of regular stock for longer um, periods of time, that'd be something interesting to see because I know, well, I mean, within within like an hour, the iPhone six pluses were getting pushed into October deliveries and November deliveries. So I uh-huh. mean, there are I think they're still on decent backlog for the six plus, and if everybody's coming in to get a new six plus that they're bending in their pockets, I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see if like. On Black Friday or so, like when we're, I mean, we're getting close to Christmas uh-huh. shopping season. If if the iPhone six plus is going to be in regular stock by then, I mean, that could be a pretty uh, big slip up for Apple if mm-hmm. they can't pull pull something off here. Well, I don't imagine that the that it's going to be that bad because it's not it's not like super widespread and like it's not like hundreds of thousands of people are taking these phones back. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's nobody, and I definitely don't want to discount it and say it's not an issue. Yeah, but still, if like 10,000, like if 10,000 people, I mean, they sold 10 million iPhones on the first day or whatever. Yeah, they sold 10 million. One, not even 1% of people, I mean, if 1% bends their phone, I mean, that's a a ton of inventory that they're just going to be having to give away. Well, yeah, but if they can build 10 million in, let's say, like the ramp up time for smartphones, two to four months, they can build a couple more million every <laughs> month. Yeah, so I don't think, I don't think that's going to be a huge issue. I, my biggest complaint, <coughs> or the the thing that made me the angriest through this whole bend gate, mm-hmm. was um, my favorite publication for tech news dismissed it it was so annoying the verge they like had a podcast and they reported on it and everything and their whole like their whole like spin on it was well duh your phone's gonna bend if you sit put it in your pocket why would you put your phone in your pocket it's like what are you guys doing <laughs> like i get that you like your new iphones but mm-hmm. It's a problem. You can't just... Don't just play dumb. I, I, that's just me complaining. It made me so mad. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean... I mean, I, I go to The Verge plenty to like read their stuff, and I think they're good. They do good reporting, but I mean, that is kind of interesting that they would just be so lackadaisical and just say, like, you're an idiot. Like, why would you even think to do that? Like, Apple... Like, you don't have anything to worry about. This is an issue. This is the consumer's fault. Yeah, Which, they're... I mean, that's just... That is, like, really interesting that that they would even... I mean, I don't know. There's so many different things you say, like, why, why would you even, like, think that that was, like, a good idea? But... 
I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's something to really get worked up, but that is kind of interesting that they would even come out and just say like say something like that. But it just makes me mad when people of <laughs> large influence do things like that. Mm-hmm. Like their response to to the iPhone six bending reports was to post a video of a banana and say this banana is defective because look if i stretch it it breaks <laughs> like their 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 response is equating putting a a 600 dollar phone that is made to last mm-hmm. bending within the first week of use which it shouldn't yeah. to buying a banana and like peeling the sides off and saying mm-hmm. that it's a defective banana yeah i mean I, I do I guess I do kind of see maybe where they were going if they had if they had tried to explain like there's a lot of videos of people like grabbing iPhones and like putting all their strength in and, and like bending them and like that is ridiculous like yes anything you grab like you could bend it and like break it if you uh-huh. really tried to like there's plenty of videos of, like watch me bend this iPhone and these guys are just you can see their hands straining like they're they're uh-huh. putting all their strength in and bending a phone. Yes. Congratulations. Like, if that's what The Verge was trying to go for, I agree with that. Uh-huh. But, like, for, if they... I mean, now I didn't see it. If they really tried to, and from what you're saying, tried to just belittle, like, the person who actually had their phone in their pocket and it bent, like, that, that's, that is a, Apple's fault. Like, the, the consumer should not have to worry about bending the phone by just putting it in their pocket. Yeah. Like so if 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 the it sounds like maybe they didn't do a good job of explaining exactly what they were trying to do. And maybe they expected people to try to read into it more mm-hmm. like that in that like yes, the the videos of the people bending iPhones, that's just stupid. But and if that's what they were going with the banana, I agree. If they were yeah. trying to just downplay everybody and just say, if you bent your iPhone, no matter what you did, you're an idiot, then that's dumb. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of, yeah, I don't know how they were trying to write it, but I'm yeah. sure they weren't. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I'm, and <clears throat> I'm sure they weren't trying to insult their audience and just say, all of you who bend your <laughs> iPhones are just idiots. Like, I, w- I would imagine that that's not what they were going for. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, do we want to stick with the other tech news for the week, Thomas, before we get into video games? The super great Windows 10? Windows 10. I'm so hyped for Windows 10. Not Windows 9, Windows 10. You know why they're not releasing Windows 9? I don't know, Thomas. Why? Because 7 ate it. Uh, (laughs) I I, I jokingly told Katie when I, I told her about Windows 10, she's like, when did they release Windows 9? I was like... They didn't. It's just like, what? I'm like, they were so afraid of 8, they just wanted to get away from it and go to 10. Like, they <laughs> they wanted to get so far away from 8, they just skipped 9 and went to 10. I mean, uh-huh. I think they pretty much came out and just said Windows 10 sounded better. Yeah. Like, that's all they did is that... Windows, like, Windows 10, 10 just sounds better, which yeah. I agree with. 10 sounds better than 9. 9 sounds like, we're almost there, we're almost to 10, and 10 is like, we're there. Yep. So it's, it does seem kind of funny that, like, I mean, they they were never in, I mean, there was 95, 98, and then they left the numbers, and there was XP, and uh-huh. then Vista, and then they went back to the numbers, and there was Windows 7, and so it seems it seems so weird that they decided to go back to the numbers, and they went with Windows 7, they went with Windows 8, and then they were just, I mean, I, I understand it, I agree with them that I probably would have done the same thing, uh-huh. but, like, yeah, it just seems so weird that they just finally were just, like... Well, screw it. Windows 10. Windows 10. Seems, yeah, it seems fine. I mean, it's, the naming is whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the features are, I don't, the, it's, it's nice. It's going to be great. Yeah. So the start screen basically goes away. There's a start screen like thing where it now has a taskbar on the bottom, just <coughs> like a desktop would. Um, but the start menu comes back. The start menu has your search programs on the left, and then it has start menu tiles. Live tiles yes. that you can kind of size and personalize for the things you want the most. So, I mean, they're kind of trying to integrate the Metro theme with the traditional. I mean, which I think is good. I uh-huh. mean, 
Windows is such a wide ranging like Apple software that I don't know how they really thought that Metro was going to go over well like that. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, I understand that they said they wanted to try to like reach into the touch community and like really integrate something, which was fine. I mean, yeah. if they had kept that for the tablets and touch computers and just said like, if you have a if you have a touch screen, this is great. Like, use it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's so many, like, every business in, like, the, the country basically uses Windows. I mean, 98% probably of companies. Yeah, a lot of and businesses. And so, like, Windows 8 was never going to fly for business business use. Well, it, yeah. Windows 8 was, in a lot of ways, under the hood, it's amazing. I, like, I work administ- systems and network administration at a business and I have tried to get as many people as I could on Windows 8 because it, at its core, is a better operating system. But the start screen was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Not allowing people to go to... Now, with Windows 8.1, you can boot straight to the desktop, which is fine. Um, and the start screen just it, it confused my users so much. Um, I removed all live tiles from start screens and just made one tile which went to the desktop. And they could kind of understand that. They still get super confused when I say, like, go to... Because I can't say open up your start menu anymore. I have to say hit the Windows button on the bottom left. And they're like, okay. And they click that. And they're like, what happened? I don't have it on my screen. Everything went away. I'm like, don't worry about it. It's fine. We're just going to open an application. And, like, they get so confused at things Mm like... It's like we go over this every single week. I'm like, all right, we need to search this but, program. I mean, that's that's the thing, though, is that they, Windows, like, from the beginning, had the start button. Like, the whole function of Windows was based around the start button. And, like, for them to just say, like, we're going to get rid of the start button. Like, mm-hmm. how did not one person just <clears throat> not stand up there and just say, raise your hand, like, you know what? I don't think that's a great idea. Like, well, if I was out at Microsoft, I mean, I would have fought tooth and nail until like I lost my job, like fighting for the stupid start button, just saying like, keep the start button because the fifty-year-old lady that's working uh, like eight to five is it was never going to learn the start or like the startup menu, like uh-huh. they were, she was never going to learn tiles, like. Keep the start button. Mm-hmm. You could have done everything if you had just kept the start button. Well, yeah, it's they didn't necessarily remove the start button or the start menu. They just moved it to a start screen. Mm-hmm. Which now I'm not. I'm not saying that it was the right idea. Now they didn't remove any functionality. They kept all of the same functionality with the start screen, and they improved upon it with the live mm-hmm. tiles. But the in a just. Microsoft got a little too excited, in my opinion, with the consumer side of things. They had the success with the Xbox. They saw where phones were going. They saw where tablets were going. And they wanted a piece of that. They wanted to move Windows forward. And they got really excited, really consumer-focused. And they made this operating system with mm-hmm. its with a start screen that is, is really cool. Like, it's really great for, for touch screens. And I think it works uh, pretty fine with mouse and keyboard. It, the start screen is great. Like, I could sit here and argue for an hour about how the start screen is more functional than the start menu ever was. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. Mm-hmm. People don't like change. And too drastic of a change like that, they, they just dismiss it. I have people who have been on Windows 8 for over a year and a half, maybe two years, that still do not understand that what the start screen is they they'll like call me and they're like I don't know happened to my everything went away and I see it says desktop and I don't know what to do I'm like you just click it we did this yesterday we're going to do it tomorrow just click desktop and you'll get your you get all your little icons back okay don't worry about it but people just don't want to learn after a certain amount of time and you have to give them some some 
way to access things the way that they're used to. Mm -hmm. People just can't wrap their head around the start screen. Now, that's, like, wild to me. Like, it was a big life lesson when I had these people who are, like, who are professionals, who are, like, not dumb people, Mm -hmm. who cannot wrap their heads around how a start, how, how the start screen works. Like, I'm talking, like, really great engineers that just don't understand it at all. I'd like I spend half an hour explaining to them, and they're like, "I still don't know what's. Go- I'm just gonna click this button that you said to do. I'm like, fine, <laughs> that's fine." But getting rid of it's great um, for for that kind of stuff. The everything else in Windows 10 we don't know much about. Oh no no no, we do get multiple desktops, which is great. So you get like different workspaces. OS X and Linux have had this forever, mm-hmm. but you can just make different desktops that have collections of apps in them. It's it's just a like a virtual way to organize things, yeah. which none nobody's going to understand. So hopefully they don't try and force it to be like this main thing that everybody does. Yeah. Hopefully they just leave it for the power users to use, mm-hmm. and then let the layman just use the desktop the same way they always have. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, in, in this initial release, I mean, the the first thing that they said is basically like. If you are not a power user and you don't, like, know how to run a, a, a desktop, like, don't even bother listening to what we're saying, is basically what they said. They're mm-hmm. like, we're going to go through really techy stuff, and we're going to drop words that if you don't know, like, how a computer runs and, like, the basics of a computer, like, just go home. Yeah. Which, which was kind of interesting. I mean, this was a tech demo, and it's not even basically mm-hmm. a tech demo for the... Well, yeah, people. It, it, it's not. This was nowhere near like the Apple News conference where they were laying it out there for all the world. Right. Uh, this isn't a consumer-facing mm-hmm. announcement. This was a um, enthusiast and business-facing announcement. Mm-hmm. The real intent with this was for Microsoft to say to enterprise customers and to businesses, "We are listening to you. Mm-hmm. We have heard your, your all of your hate for Windows 8, and we're going. To, we will fix that." And we will move further in the direction of other platforms that some that a lot of businesses can prefer, like Linux. Now, one, another thing that they're going to be doing with Windows 10, they kind of hinted at it at the event. And I, I have the Windows 10 tech preview <coughs> downloaded, ready to install. As soon as we finish recording, I'm going to save this and then go update to Windows 10 before I do any editing. Because I'm like super psyched, but they talked about the command prompt. And if you know anything about Linux, most Linux people will run their entire life on the command prompt. They think they think graphical user interfaces are dumb. Those are for dummies. If you need to <laughs> click on something to run a command, you're an idiot and you might as well just be an end user. And they talked about a couple small things in the command prompt at this. But it shows that they're actually looking at the command prompt, and they might be extending how powerful the shell is on the consumer end of Windows, which I'm super hyped for. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty, te- pretty I, in-depth. I'm excited to see where Windows 10 is going. Um, sounds like they're going to give it to, for sure, to Windows 8 people for free. Yeah, so that's the word. That's good. Uh I'm going to like that, that I'll get out of. I mean, I was surprisingly okay with Windows 8. Like, my company that I worked for upgraded only to Windows 7. They didn't want to put anybody on Windows 8 Uh for the reasons you said. Um, So when I got my new laptop, this was the first time I've really used Windows 8. Um, And it's good. And like you said, I, I really like the guts of it. Like, I can, I can tell it's way, it is a way better system than Windows 7, even Windows yeah. 7. Like, it just, it, it, you can tell that it runs and has more power to it. But, uh, I mean, if they can add on it to Windows 10 and add maybe a little bit more of a traditional view, but still kind of keep this powerful setup, I mean, it kind of seems like a best of both worlds, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. good things. It'll be good. Hopefully early 2015 we'll get nope. to see uh, Windows 10. Oh. I mean, that's what I've heard is like uh, first quarter 2015 is what I heard. Uh, you're going to see it late 2015. Late 2015. The actual operating system release will release late in 2015. 
Um, there, they basically showed it off a year early. So, okay, we're just, huh. I'm just going to do this, and then we'll get off All Windows. Right. Um, the way that tech previews have worked in the past, and cons- it's usually been a consumer preview. Mm-hmm. Like for Windows Vista, Windows 7, Windows 8, you had a consumer preview that came out like three or four months before the final product. And this is basically basically gold software. There are small tweaks that are going to be made, but you're seeing the final product. Windows 10 is being shown off, and there's a whole website where you can go and you can open up. There's a forum where you can talk about things, what sucks, what doesn't suck, what mm-hmm. should be better. And Microsoft is opening this up and improving upon it, upon the, the preview. So I'm going to download this tech preview today and install it. And this version of Windows 10 I installed today will be updated at the same time as Microsoft's internal stuff. So the tech preview is like you get to see in real time the updates that they make to the operating system, mm-hmm. the additions, the new features that get added in. And the idea is that they'll also be monitoring these forums and listening to what people are complaining about, listening to what people are saying, and using that user feedback to really improve the system. So it used to be if you installed the consumer preview of Windows 7, you would install that, and then in three months when the real Windows 7 came out, you had to delete every, you had to reformat your whole drive and put Windows 7 on. You couldn't upgrade. When I install this Windows 10 tech preview, this will run and be updated through all of Microsoft's updates up to Windows 10 going live. And then it will continue to be updated with Windows 10. And ideally, I'll, I can come into the Windows 11 cycle. So it's just, it's, it's super great the way that they're doing it. But they're showing it off basically a year early. They'll show it to consumers, they said, the consumers will get to see it. They'll start talking about the consumer stuff in the spring of 2015. Okay, okay. And then maybe that's what I saw then. For a final release later that year. Well, that sounds good. So. Yeah. So now we can talk about video games. Games. What do you want to talk about, Thomas? Talk about Destiny. Destiny? Just get it out of the way. All right. We'll, we'll kind of zoom through Destiny. There's not a lot of big things that happen. But last week they patched out the original Loot Cave. Tier, but within like ten hours, people found a new loot cave in Yay. the same area. So, kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we kind of had a conversation yesterday, at trivia about the Destiny, and I mean, you kind of complained about it that you said people on Destiny are taking over the Reddit boards and saying that oh my they've never experienced the grind of a game like Destiny, which yeah. we don't need to go down the whole rabbit hole, but. Destiny I mean, is not a grind. Play Diablo 3 for 200 hours and tell me that <laughs> Destiny is a grind. I agree, but I mean, I read an interesting article, and in, uh, actually it was in Forbes of all oh, places. Wow. And, uh, but uh, actually, there, I've seen this guy's posted a couple interesting articles on there before, but uh, his argument was that De- or Bungie shouldn't patch out the loot cave, and that if people want to spend their time shooting mm. at a cave... They should be able to do that. And, I mean, he was basically saying that people are going to try to find the paths of least resistance in games, no matter what it is. And, actually, he touched on Dark Souls and talked about Dark so- or Souls farming. Mm-hmm. And that there would be places where people would try to farm souls by, like, killing weak enemies and running back to the campfire or even tricking enemies to running, jumping off of a, a ledge. Uh-huh. And killing themselves and then farming the souls. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting just to see that, like, and like you've said, you touched on it last week that Destiny, parts of Destiny and the complaints about Destiny kind of seem like Dark Souls like complaints. Uh-huh. But it, so it is kind of interesting that he kind of touched that he made on that, that connection. Made that connection too yeah. of that, like, people are going to do ridiculous things and try to break the game to do, like, what they feel helps them the best and mm-hmm. there's plenty of arguments out there that say that cave farming is not as efficient as doing other things it's all it, it seems i mean i hate to say it seems by by luck but i mean you'll see tons of people get amazing shit from cave farming mm-hmm. and then you'll run across somebody else and said i farmed for two hours and didn't get it a single not even a rare engram but i mm-hmm. went over and did this like five minute patrol and got two legendaries or something 
So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It just seems, I mean, it, it seems so crazy that, I mean, mm-hmm. this would be such a big deal. And I, I kind of agree, like, Destiny, yeah. Bungie should spend other time patching other things. I know they well, say, mm-hmm. we our game's not intended for you to shoot at a cave. But, I mean, the game, plenty of games have plenty of different things. I mean, people farm on Borderlands. They would quit out of an area. I mean, there's so many different raiding games and adventure games that are built Mm -hmm. on leveling up your character strictly on armor and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that in every single game, people find not necessarily a way to break it, but a way to get around traditional gameplay Mm -hmm. to try to advance at a quicker pace. Yeah, well... it's up to de- it's up to Bungie whether or not they they deem this uh, like a funny thing that mm-hmm. they leave in or they take out. Most of the time, like this also isn't the first time a game has had like some exploit. Usually these pa- these exploits get patched and then mm-hmm. you find new exploits. The fun for like these like the kind of people that are trying to find exploits mm-hmm. is finding the exploit. Yeah. Like if if they don't patch it then they might not like I don't know that's that's not a really a good argument because yeah. they're gonna go find a new exploit anyway. But I think it's all well within Bungie's rights, and they probably should patch it. Yeah, I agree. And another thing, I guess to kind of zoom through it, the other thing that happened in Destiny is that today they launched a patch, which is Wednesday. They launched a patch to kind of fix, if you want to say fix. The way the Cryptarch decoded engrams. Mm-hmm. So basically, I mean, if when you got a like a coded item like you would in uh, Diablo or something like that, you get that in Destiny and you have to take it to this guy to decrypt it. Uh-huh. And if you got an item, it could go. It could be the 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 class that you got. It could go a higher level or it could be down a level, uh-huh. like a grade. Right. And, it seemed very common that it would go down a level and extremely uncommon that it would go up a level. So right. now they've patched it to where if you get an item, a coded item, and you get it decrypted, you'll be guaranteed to get at least the rank of item that it is. That so just there's makes no sense. going down. There, It sounds like they've slightly, they might have slightly increased the chances of it going up as well, mm-hmm. too. So. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're trying to make up for what a lot of people were saying was a kind of shitty system. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good that they're yeah. making these updates and making them quickly. Yeah. Rather than waiting or never doing it. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. Bungie is showing in the loot cave and in this that they're responsive to what the community is doing, mm-hmm. which is, like, really important. Like, they're invested and they're going to continue to work on the game, which is really great. And they're showing that in a really good way. Yeah. <laughs> Good for Bungie. All right. Yeah. What we else do we have? Do we have talk any other about news? PlayStation Home, Thomas? Oh quick. man, PlayStation Home was great. Launched in like 2007, 2008. I don't remember. I jumped on as soon as it came out. It was the world's best virtual mall. You could go bowling. <laughs> you could play pool. You could go watch a virtual movie in the virtual movie theater, which was really weird. Like, was it like an actual movie? Like, were yes. they showing? You could go to a virtual theater, pay two fifty to watch an actual movie <laughs> in a virtual. Like, you would go and sit down. So you would see your character, like the back of your character, sitting in a chair, and then like there'd be a big picture screen. Of, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, you could well, you go watch like Spider Man Two or something, <laughs> and like. It, it was just, like, so weird. When it came out, I was like, man, this is so awesome. I wish I had friends that had PS3s because nobody had PS3s. So I didn't have anybody to use it with. So, like, I walked around. I used it, played it for maybe two or three hours, tops. I spent some time walking around, doing that text chat with some people. You can go to a virtual disco, go on a virtual dance party, you know. Whatever, you know, floats your boat. You could decorate your virtual apartment. That's awesome. I am super surprised it made it this far. Like, the fact that PlayStation Home is going to exist into 2015 is just blows my mind. I'm surprised mm-hmm. anybody would care that it's... Sony could, like, just come out and say, we turned off PlayStation Home. Everybody like, whoa, what? PlayStation Home was still up? 
For real? I mean, I mean, you say that, but at the same time, I mean, every weird game has its niche audience. So I mean, mm-hmm. there's probably still a good like twenty five thousand people like across the country or the world mm-hmm. like playing PlayStation Home. So yeah. I mean, while it seems ridiculous, I mean. It probably was a lot more... Sony was spending a lot more money keeping the servers up and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. And eight years in, like you said... Or like you kind of explained to me that there there was like a way for... Companies could buy like kind of space in it and mm-hmm. kind of get some advertising area. I'm sure that is like greatly decreased now. And there's not a lot mm-hmm. of those kind of... Because those were the companies that were really supporting the cost structure of uh-huh. the game probably. Yeah. And so, now that Sony's probably pretty much having to fund it all themselves for probably at least a year or two, mm-hmm. now they're probably they're getting to the point where they're just like it's it's way more money than it is. That's worth, worth keeping it up for the ten thousand, twenty five thousand yeah. people. But I mean, like I I say for this for a lot of games, it sucks for the the twenty five thousand people that were using uh-huh. it or whatever. If you're still using PlayStation Home, like I feel for you. But <laughs> I mean. Yeah. The coolest part about PlayStation Home that I will miss, but they may re reuse this feature later on mm-hmm. in like a standalone application, is for like the last three years, you could use PlayStation Home to go to Sony's E3 booth. They would map out their whole E3 <laughs> booth in PlayStation Home, and you could walk around it. That That and... is a pretty good idea that to virtually be able to experience kind of the E3 experience that'd be like that'd be really cool and if microsoft came out with like a standalone app that said like come walk your avatar through our Mm -hmm. e3 booth i would download it yeah like i'd pay 99 cents and download it and do it like no free free what i don't care whatever sony's for the gamers microsoft could charge dollar (laughs) i don't care i mean Oh, uh, if it would have been like a buck or two, I would have paid for it just to see the booth and kind of get that uh-huh. that little taste of it. The of, little E3 magic. Yeah, the little E3 magic. I mean, so that is a really cool idea that Sony was able to implement that for the last couple mm-hmm. of years, like you said. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, we've really seen the kind of Second Life community and like stuff like that's really gone down. Yeah. In the last few years, so. R.I.P. Yeah. There's still Second Life out there for you guys, so yeah, there's still space for you guys. <laughs> yeah, you can go there to arrange your hits. All right, we got two two new things of news in the digital card game space, and I think we'll wrap up. Oh yeah. So we got Hearthstone has come out and said that they are working on a full-on expansion to Hearthstone that will add over a hundred new cards. Mm, mm, you can see me pumping. I'm so psyched. Maybe I'll be good at this one. <laughs> so it is interesting that we were talking about the, that they released the Curse of Naxxramas, but this is, they've said this is the quote-unquote first expansion. So, I mean, we were able to see in one article they called Curse of Naxxramas an add-on. So, I mean... If you kind of traditionally stick with those, the definition of those words and how we've seen them used today, add-on typically means paid for. Mm-hmm. Expansion, not necessarily paid for. So, I mean, this could either be, I mean, there's the World of Warcraft expansion. Of, that costs money. That costs money. But then there's other games. I mean, well, like, traditional card games get expansion means... Like a whole new generate, like a second gen of Pokemon, like right. introduced to the world. So like an, an, a whole new card. If they introduce a hundred new cards to the game for free, I mean that's pretty. That's pretty big. Well, I think they should. I think they will. I think they should. I mean, it it's supposed sure. to be a free to play card game. Mm-hmm. S- starting to charge for cards would be weird. And I mean, it's well, not I like mean, Nax Ramus was a necessarily a pay to 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 play experience. The first one was free for everybody, and the rest you could purchase with gold. I I yes. believe that they'll probably bring these cards out in a similar way to Naxxramas for some of them, mm-hmm. and then the rest of them, just like Naxxramas cards, will just go into circulation and boost so, your packs. So Naxxramas released 30 new cards, and I think I saw 21 of those were earned by beating the bosses. So nine cards were kind of just released out. Mm-hmm. to the game in 21 you at least had to earn 
by killing the bosses. And next, Ramus, I think it was 700 gold yeah. for a one wing. Yeah. So, I mean, that was free. And so, I mean, I think that they should just release the cards out into the wild would be way better. But, I mean, what if they came out and said, oh, well, you can get, like, uh, these cards for a 1,000 gold or something like that. I mean, I don't see that happening. That seems kind of skeptical or kind of unrealistic to to put a 100 new cards like mm-hmm. that. And it, it definitely doesn't sound like this is going to be anywhere function the same like Naxxramas where they release wings and bosses and things like that. I hope they... I, I hope and think they will because... Well, I, yeah. The, Nax Ramus was great for me. Like and I think it's a it's a really great hook. Mm-hmm. Like if they just release a hundred new cards and they're like, they're hundred new cards, you get them in booster packs, whatever. Like that doesn't incentivize me to play it does mm-hmm. to like play more, but it's a much stronger incentive if I know like every three weeks, like with Nax Ramus, like every three weeks there's it a new every wing week. that every week. A new a new thing comes out, mm-hmm. and you can go through and you play these scripted battles. And the battles in Next Ramus were mm-hmm. so cool because they had these special abilities. I I think that is like a way better hook to get people playing because not only are you enjoying like you're playing it, you also have something to work towards in the regular play. Like you're mm-hmm. working towards your 700 gold to unlock the next chapter in the new expansion. I mean, I agree. Next Ramus was a really unique way to release new cards into the world by like, oh yeah, you have to beat these bosses and like fight these unique battles with like these unique decks and unique abilities that you never saw, like you'll never see other except in those battles. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they'll release. A hundred plus cards, and that doesn't seem like they're going to release uh, like a hundred bosses in some one super wing or something like that, <laughs> where you just keep doing boss battle after boss battle after mm-hmm. boss battle. But like I agree, I mean it'll be really interesting to see how they release this, and that they've come out. They haven't said anything about how exactly they're right, going to right. plan out. They only just said like we're working on a full on expansion of a hundred new cards, like. Basically, this is going to be, like, the second generation of Hearthstone. Like, this is going to be Gen 2. Like, this is 1.0. This is going to be Hearthstone 2.0 mm-hmm. when we release yeah. this. Yeah. So, I'm psyched. I, I'm psyched. psyched. I trust them. Like, I've, I've not been let down by at Hearthstone at all. <laughs> so, the other card game, Pokemon digital card game coming to iOS. What? Don't uh, care. Oh. Sorry, I don't have an iPad. You don't have an iPad? I don't have an iPad. We have... Neither of us can play this. Like, <laughs> I this know. has got to be some weird situation. Like, if you're going to release just on... I mean, I get it. iOS is, like, your biggest platform. But come mm-hmm. on, put it on PC. Yeah. I'm not buying an iPad just so I can play a Pikachu card. I agree. I mean, I, th- I do definitely think that they're been missing out. I mean... We see we've seen where Hearthstone is twenty million people, and I mean, Pokemon potentially has could even be bigger pull. than that. It has yeah. a bigger pull. Like I mean, as an older gamer, or I mean, I'm 24. I grew up with Pokemon, Man, so and old. so Pokemon seems like kid little kids to a lot of people like my age. Like if I went up to a lot of my non gaming friends and said like. When's the last time you played Pokemon? They'd say like, "Oh, I think it was like Silver version or something like that." Uh-huh. I mean, I went out and bought a 3DS because X and Y looked so good. Yeah, like I, that. I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, yeah. But like Pokemon's great. But, and so, I mean, I don't know if I ditch Hearthstone completely to play Pokemon, but I would totally download it and play yeah. it. Yeah, I. I mean, just to get that nostalgia kick, and I mean, uh-huh. I'm totally pumped for Ruby and Sapphire to get re-released. That, <sighs> um, re-releases. <laughs> re-release. I know. I mean, Pokemon invented the re-release. They did. I mean, they've they released two new generations since the last re-release. So, sure, there sure. was there right. was Heart Gold, and then uh, Soul Silver. Heart Gold and Soul Silver, and then there was X or yeah, 
No, there's Black and White, Black and White 2, and mm-hmm. X and Y. So there's been three games since the last re-release, which, I mean, it does kind of seem like the cop-out mode, I mean, but they know it's going to work. It's going to work. If if you had that kind of pull to just say, like, we're just going to throw some new graphics and release our 10-year-old game and make a billion dollars, I mean... Yeah, sure. I mean, I just, I would probably do it too. That's fine. You know, that's that's neither here nor there. But I mean, I'm gonna get it, and I'm not gonna be the only one that's getting it uh, when it's coming out. So. Oh man, those new games are so complicated to me. I got I got uh, a 3ds and Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time remake, mm-hmm. and Pokemon White, and mm-hmm. I could not get into White. It was just too deep. It was too deep for me. I kept yeah. I kept swimming, and I was like, this is so hard. There's so many things to do. And I gave up. I was like, fuck. White, white seemed a little like I, I didn't play. The last game I played before White was, what was the generation? I don't know. The last one I played before White was I didn't White play Platinum like or Crystal. Pearl. I never, I never had a DS. Did so you play... I did like once it, it, they stopped coming out for GBA. Uh-huh. I was when like I quit Pokemon. I so quit I guess after that the Game Boy Color. I didn't even get to GBA. Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald was the last GBA, I think. And so I mean, I skipped. I didn't play Platinum, Diamond, or Pearl. Mm-hmm. And then I guess Black and White came out. So I got Black and White. So I got Black. And that was that was really hard to get back into it, and mm-hmm. I didn't get black too. But X X felt like home. <laughs> I heard that yeah, they went back and they kind X of simplified felt way the system more traditional, and like X felt just infinitely better. Like I picked it up, and I'm like this is the Pokemon that I left ten <laughs> years ago. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, if they can bring that back, I really like Ruby, and if they can bring that back with the new updated graphics of the 3DS, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, I mean, it'll be dope. You'll just, you'll just buy it. I'll buy it. I don't even know how we started talking about old Pokemon games. I don't know. Uh, I could talk about Pokemon forever. Yeah. That's, um, that's pretty much it. We've got a little bit on um, PlayStation Plus games and how they're so much better than Xbox Live Gold, whatever, whatever free games. Games with gold. We're not even going to get into it. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Oh, wait, I played that new Dark Souls DLC. Oh. It's really cool. It's really hard. I'm a little confused. There are these people, and there's like these little ladies that they sit in the corner in different rooms, and they're all like, they're... They're Ebo? laying down. They're sitting down. And they're leaning forward. And they're kind of crying a little. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, they got to be evil. So I killed the first four. <laughs> but now they're like they're everywhere. So now I'm wondering if I should leave them alive. Maybe they like help me out later in the DLC. So now I've killed some. I've left some alive. I'm just waiting to figure out like how they factor into the gameplay, which is gonna be which is gonna be interesting. But. That's crazy. all I have to say about that for now. My gaming piece of news, I yeah, kind of half beat the Destiny raid over oh, yeah. the weekend. So yeah, I had a friend fun. that had started the raid with a group of six, and uh, they ended up kind of kicking one guy out, and then another guy said, well, if you're getting rid of him, I'm going to go too. So they kind of <laughs> had two spots open up. Uh-huh. And so I said, oh, I'll help you. And I got Take one it. of my other friends. And so we kind of did the last two sections. I mean, I don't know. Didn't play the beginning part, so I don't <laughs> know. I mean, they they played for three or four days for a couple hours apiece to get oh. where they got. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that we didn't do. We did the last two pieces, and we beat the final boss, uh-huh. which that took about five hours over two days. So, yeah. but... That's it true. was fun, uh, so I think I'm going to go play the Destiny Raid with them again, start uh-huh. over. Start fresh. Start fresh, get the <laughs> taste of the whole thing, so maybe by this time next week I can tell you exactly how hard the raid is. Yeah, uh, you can just, you can tell me all it. about it and I'll take a little seat. <laughs> my, 
I've, if I, I close can... my eyes, I promise I'm listening. <laughs> I mean, I think you'd actually be interested. I mean, if, if the whole game of Destiny was like the raid, I think it would be like the FPS Dark Souls. But the whole game of Destiny isn't like the raid. So Yeah. But it's definitely fun and extremely challenging. So good well, luck good. for anybody who's done it. I did get... Or is attempting. I did get the achievement for beating the raid, so... Woo! So, Woo! And I got a shader, armor shader. I don't Woo! know what that is. Like, basically, I mean, so you have your armor, and then uh-huh. there's, like, if you earn a shader, it's, like, a special color patch, so it'll, like, change oh. the color of all your armor. That's great. So I got all white. Oh, dude! All white. I just decked out Khaleesi and Diablo 3 all white. Whoop, whoop! Yeah. So it sounds like, though, that that shader... Like, it's an all-white shader that you get only for beating this raid. Oh, so Cool. Me and my friend put it on last night when we were playing PvP with a couple other friends that mm-hmm. didn't know we beat the raid. They are like, what the hell? You beat the raid without us? Oh, yeah. You so just, they kind of raged on us. You're but, just uh, strutting around PvP. Yeah. You're like, what's up? Yeah, man. I beat you the raid. You see an armor? Don't fuck with me. <laughs> I beat the raid? What up? MBD. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. we'll be back next week. We'll catch you next Follow week. Follow us on Twitter, jerks. Oh Glad yeah, that you did it. We had this that you remember that great that great follow us thing we said. Nobody did it. We got zero follows. Don't be a dick. Come on. We it, want that follow, man. We need to, we need to grow this. It doesn't it doesn't hurt you at all. Come on, just post some questions. Do some stuff. As we'll answer your questions. I don't care. We'll do whatever you want. I just want that follow count. We just want to be internet famous. Internet famous. No, we don't. That's a kid. That's a joke. All right. See you next time. Adios.